Romans 11, verses 22 through 24, these are God's words. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God. On those who fell, severity, but towards you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut off, cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted, contrary to nature, into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, who are natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? So far the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. The word consider, at the beginning of our passage, therefore, consider, uh, is actually the word for look or behold. Uh, and it is teaching us something very important uh, about all of our life uh, and something very important about all of Scripture. And that is that the great thing to pay attention to first and then to uh, form our responses and our conclusions uh, coming out of that uh, is consideration of God himself. Uh, God himself is the main point, the main subject of all of Scripture. Uh, God himself uh, is the great actor, the one from whom and through whom and to whom uh, are all things. Uh, and in this particular case, uh, if we consider uh, just ourselves and our being in the church and our having uh, what we hope and believe is good theology and our walking rightly and so forth, uh, if we consider just ourselves or we might be proud in ourselves or if we consider just those who have been in the church, uh, most of all, the whole nation of Israel at one point, being a nation church and have fallen and turned away, uh, but also others who have been in the church uh, and have turned away. If we just consider them, then we may look down upon them and be despising of them, or uh, alternatively, if we love them and grieve for them, we may be uh, overwhelmed by discouragement uh, because uh, they do not have ability or possibility in themselves to turn back to the Lord. And many who have had a loved one who have turned away from the Lord uh, have uh, have had sad, repeated experience uh, of how their loved one refuses to turn to him, even as unable uh, to turn to him. Uh, so this passage begins by reminding us where to set our attention first, where to turn our attention first. Therefore, behold, consider, consider God. Consider, yes, that he is uh, severe, but consider first um, and more greatly his goodness. So he begins, therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God. It is a good habit uh, in interpreting the Bible and in interpreting life uh, to keep our eyes upon him. Uh, and as we see uh, in this particular case, 
if we consider ourselves, we don't see more ability than in those who have continued in unbelief and even um, been part of the church but been unbelieving. Uh, we don't find more ability or goodness in ourselves. We find goodness in God. Whatever good there is in us is in him and by him and from him. And severity. We see that God indeed cuts precisely as uh, as things are. Uh, and this is true even in the case of his wrath or his hardening, as we've noticed several times now in the last few chapters. God's uh, severity is a uh, rigorousness, a uh, treating things exactly uh, as they actually are, uh, cutting precisely according to the way things are, as uh, the most wooden literal uh, sense of that. And so when we turn and we see um, our God, we see that he is a God of perfect justice, which actually increases for us uh, the impressiveness of his goodness, uh, that the Lord is both generous and just, and there are times when his generosity um, must overflow even to satisfy justice uh, in order that generosity also would be satisfied. He owes, uh, he owes no sinner uh, salvation, but he loves to show the riches of his glory upon vessels prepared for mercy. Uh, and so that's the first thing that we learn from these three verses is uh, to behold our God. Uh, the second thing that we learn from these three verses is to continue in God's goodness, uh, or to put it another way, that if we are to continue living, if we are to continue as part of his church, uh, it will only be by the same goodness. In fact, if we don't continue by his goodness, then we never began in his goodness. On those who fell severity, but towards you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Uh, and so you, you see what it's saying here. It's saying one of the proofs that someone uh, has received the saving goodness of God. Of course, God is good to all. He makes his sun to shine on them. He makes he sends his rain. He makes his sun to rise on them. He sends his rain, or he sends rain upon them, uh, the just and the unjust alike. But here we're talking about saving goodness, and he says uh, the one true proof that you are an object of saving goodness is by your continuing in it. If you don't continue in his saving goodness, you never had it to begin with. And if you are to continue in the faith, continue in fellowship with God, continue, it is only going to be by his goodness. You don't start by his goodness uh, and then uh, achieve uh, some uh, measure of uh, strength or life or wisdom or goodness uh, that makes you able to operate independently of God. No, you start by his goodness and you continue by his goodness. And praise God, this is a great answer for the believer who is wondering, how can I grow in grace? How am I to live my life? How am I to fight this sin? How am I to get through this difficulty? How am I to perform 
this service? How am I to love my enemy? How am I when I have been spitefully used uh, to have a heart of love and blessing and prayer towards the one who has uh, has done this to me? And the answer is not by our goodness, but by God's goodness. Uh, the one in whom and from whom is all of the goodness that that is in us uh, is not uh, does not have his supply exhausted, uh, and we have no supply in ourselves. And so let us continue in his goodness. The Christian life is one of devotion unto God, but it's one of dependence upon God first. Without the God-given dependence, there will not be God-given devotion. And so we continue in the goodness that he has shown to us. And then we should expect more goodness, even upon those in whom we do not see good right now, and um, upon whom we cannot detect any saving goodness as of yet. And so we are to expect more goodness. And we see this in the last two verses. They also if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. They are not able to graft themselves in. In fact, they are unbelieving. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone. Uh, they are almost certainly, unless God has, uh, whether in uh, a common sobering grace or in special saving grace that is uh, beginning at work in their life, they probably don't even see uh, how wretched their estate is unless God has done those things. Uh, and yet, God is able to graft them in again. For, if you are cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, okay, so you begin not in, uh, and he's talking here especially to uh, Roman Gentile believers who did not begin uh, in families that God had set apart in his church, like the vine that was set apart and that God had cultivated with his word, provided his worship and his word to them, and the covenants, the promises, and the fathers in whom he had worked salvation uh, through faith, and all of these things that God had done for his vine. Uh, like Isaiah talks about, or uh, like the list of uh, advantages that the Jew has that he started, kind of starts in chapter 3, but really picks up in chapter 9 in Romans. There are a lot of people in the Roman church who did not begin in the cultivated uh, tree. They began uh, in the wild tree, and yet God has grafted them in, and as we heard in the last Romans passage, uh, the great part of the genuine spiritual grafting in that they have received was that the root of this tree is Jesus. And so he's grafted them in by faith. And he says, if God has done that to you, he's cut you out of the olive tree that is wild by nature and grafted you contrary to your original nature, contrary to the way that you came into this world, uh, into the cultivated olive tree, so that now all of these advantages that they had, you now have. And the greatest advantage of all, that you are drawing your life from Jesus Christ by faith, that you are drawing indeed your spiritual life and your goodness 
from God and you are made right with God, with his own righteousness in Jesus. If God could take you from, uh, not you, because you guys actually began in the cultivated olive tree, your covenant children, but he's saying to the Romans, if God has done this to them, and he's still doing this today, there are many people in our church who did not begin uh, in a covenant home or going to church, believing, hearing about Christ so that they would believe in him uh, from an earlier age than they can remember. If God is doing that, then there is this how much more in verse 24. How much more will these, who are natural branches, you know, they began in the church, they have rejected Christ, they have turned away from him, from their Lord, from their Savior, uh, because they were not uh, alive by faith and rooted in Jesus. But how much more will these be grafted into their own olive tree. Now, praise God, uh, this is a text to give hope, not in the condition of the one who has turned away, but hope in the goodness of God who loves to show his goodness even in the midst and in relation to his severity, overcoming the requirements of his justice, satisfying, better word, the requirements of his justice, in order to show the generosity of his goodness. Uh, there are many people who abuse Proverbs 22, 6, looking for the hope that is in Romans eleven twenty three and 24. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. That is not about branches that have been cut off. That is about branches that were on the tree, and God blessed the training of the parent to bring the child to faith. And of course, now that he's rooted in Christ, he is not going to depart. The, the uh, child that was trained when he was a thin twig has now become a, a thick branch, and he's not bending anymore. Uh, the life of the root is in him. So that is not a verse to use when a covenant child has turned away which many uh, a parent who has not even attended reasonably well upon the things that God has given in his word and not even taught to do so by their church, you know, will come back and cling to this after their child is demonstrating hostility to God in a significant way. But what hope is there? Well, the same hope that we began the lesson on, directing our attention to God himself and saying he is the God who has in him the life and the goodness. And we will hope that he, who is grafting even wild branches into the olive tree, will, uh, for the sake of uh, their having been in a covenant home, for the sake of uh, their having had his word and his worship, for their sake of his goodness, take all of that that belonged to their having been natural branches and turn them uh, to himself, give them repentance and faith, graft them back in. Uh, so the hope is not, I trained them up the right way. The hope is God, who in his goodness is saving even wild branches. Will he not now, may we not now hope in his goodness 
to save these natural branches who have been cut off and are in danger of the fire. But the good God is still saving, and we will put our hope in him. And so may the Lord uh, grant to us in every circumstance in our life, and then this also applies in every scripture, to turn our attention first to him. Yes, his, his severity, his strictness, his rigor, his justness to cut exactly right every time, but also the greatness of his goodness. Keep an eye out for what a passage is saying about God first, and then understand whatever else it is saying to us, about us, and about others, etc. Uh, and then, uh, in the circumstances of your life, pay first attention to what God is doing, and then consider yourself and others. Well, may the Lord help us to do that. Let us ask him for his help. Our gracious God and our Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us by your Spirit to have heart and mind and eyes, as it were, for you in your Son, our Lord Jesus, by the help of your Spirit. Otherwise, O oh Lord, we will be puffed up in pride about ourselves or alternatively despise or despair over others when truly we should be depending upon you, uh, uh, that by your goodness we may continue. Uh, help us to do that. Help us neither to look down upon others nor despair over them, but to hope that you might yet be good to them uh, and to leave to you uh, what comes of that to be content uh, in our dependence upon you. Uh, we pray that you would help us then in the rest of this day to receive it as uh, an, a gift from you uh, in which we are going to walk with you, depend upon you, uh, but also as an assignment from you in which we are going to be devoted to you and live for you. So help us, we pray, for the glory of uh, your name uh, and the satisfaction of your goodness and its desire uh, that you would have your desire for us and upon us satisfied in Jesus. In whose name we ask it. Amen.